Hi, this is Stephanie Powers. You're listening to TV Confidential. Hey, Barbara Tillon, Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, and our guest, Jay Moriarty. Jay spent seven years as a staff writer, producer, and later showrunner of The Jeffersons while his memoir, Honking in the House, takes you behind the scenes of The Jeffersons while also providing a capsule history of the so-called golden age of TV sitcoms as well as insight into why Norman Lear is one of the smartest, shrewdest, and most courageous producers television will ever know. Honking the House, available online right now Amazon.com. Norman Lear will celebrate his 100th birthday on Wednesday, July 27th. Before we went to break, Jay was talking about Edith's 50th birthday, the episode of All in the Family that originally aired in October 1977, in which Edith was raped. As we pick up the conversation, years ago, we interviewed Paul Bogart, great director. He directed... What, he was one of the regular directors of Mall in the Family. Right, um, right. And, he directed the Draft Dodger, too. And he directed the Draft Dodger as well. Paul told us that when he directed the episode where Edith gets raped, he had the same concern that you just articulated, Jay. It's like, how do you maintain that balance of humor and very serious stuff, which, which is the trademark of, of Norman Lear? And if I remember correctly, Paul shot the scene where David Dukes, the actor, mm-hmm. who played Edith's assailant in that episode, they filmed the entire, or they, I should say, they taped the entire sequence where Edith is confronted and then Edith extricates herself from the situation and chases David Dukes out of the house. They did that in one take, and then when Edith runs out of the house and rushes into Archie's arms, the audience broke out in this huge cheer. It took about 10 minutes. It was the longest mm-hmm. applause that Paul could remember in that, in that show's history because it was the emotional release that the audience had been bottling up and the cast members had been bottling up in staging that film, that scene. Yeah, I wasn't there for that one. I, I you're you're busy writing the Jeffersons. For the Jeffersons, <laughs> I was uh, I was uh, I was at the uh, Maude episode where she's with the shrink. Talk if you ever saw that. Where yeah, that's like a one woman show. Yeah, oh, yeah. one woman show. You shoot over the shoulder of the psychiatrist, and that's just B. Arthur just talking. About, and now, mainly, you know, Norman got a lot of stories from from Francis from his wife, and and you know, they always say, and he'll tell you. That Francis, uh, you know, he, he based the Arthur character, Maude character, on on Francis. She's a very uh, liberal-minded woman, and her, but but Francis then, uh, when she rests in peace, had uh, been diagnosed with uh, which would be called bipolar now. It was a manic depression, you know, and they actually had the uh, lithium or whatever the medication was. But that's that was kind of so he just gave that to. Be at the mod church and said, Now you now you're bipolar and now you're gonna to talk to you know. And that was a that was a fantastic episode to to watch watch that. And then of course the abortion show and those kind of things, you know. Like uh, Bob Schiller, uh mod writer. If you know Bob Schiller, he's one of the famous uh, 
wrote for, wrote, wrote for Lucio Ball, Bob. yeah. Bob said, we were talking about, you know, doing the shows that they're doing versus Mary Tyler Moore. You know, he said, when, when uh, Maude had an abortion, Mary had a pimple. <laughs> and that really kind of described those people would say to me, do you want to write for MPM? I said, no, I don't want to write for it. That was like mayonnaise comedy. Why would I want to write for that? But, uh, yeah, that, the abortion was fine. The rape thing still, it's almost, I guess I'm just too sensitive. I, it's just too much for me to watch. And I even thought at the time, I thought, you know, who's going to rape a 56-year-old woman? You know, I, why, why is that really something that happens? And now I'm older and I watch Investigation Discovery, and I can see there's a lot of yeah. cases, people out there are going to rape an 80-year-old woman or something. I, 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 I remember when that show aired, because I remember back in those days, you had the TV guide, and those episodes had the close-up. You know, so it wasn't just a, a brief synopsis full of abbreviations that explained it. But we were, I was living with my mom in West Hollywood. My grandma was in Defiance, Ohio, so three hours away. And so I think it must have been, so it would have been nine o'clock. So it was sometime before the show aired here, my grandmother called my mother very upset because she saw that episode. And she was very, dis, you know, as a woman who was, I'd say, older than Edith, uh, very disturbed by the episode. The subject matter? The subject matter. To see that, she was very bothered, and they had a long talk about it, and then she talked to me, and she's, and then she's telling me, and I'm a, you know, a preteen at this time, you know, that she was just very bothered by the episode, that this could happen. And I don't know. I guess when I saw it and when I watch it now, it's like I could see Edith being heroic, and, and it was successful where other women were not successful. And then I had a little... Tr- I could understand the grown-up discussion that was happening later because I remember the episode where Gloria was attacked and the fact that you had two adult males discussing what was going on. No, we don't call the cops. Yes, we should call the cops. You know, what do we do? And then the way Gloria is treated. What were you wearing? Why were you walking there? Which I remember, I I was very young the first time I saw that. That really disturbed me. And then I remember seeing the Edith episode where, yeah, the tension was high. And how does she get away? Only how Edith would by taking a cake, a uh-huh. hot cake, and shoving it in this case. And I think it, 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 was, there it was, was triumphant. Yeah, and it was poetic. And it was, yeah, but even at home, we were cheering. We yeah. were, you know. So I, generational? Maybe it's generational, but it was also probably something, you know, my, at my age, I want, I saw the good guys win at the end. You know, that's, that's what I was seeing. And that's something that we could understand. So it was, but yeah, for my grandmother of her generation, oh, seeing that on, and, and my grandparents loved All in the Family when it came on. My, my grandfather was very liberal to the left and loved hearing whatever absurdities came out of Archie Bunker's mouth. I think I think All in the Family is the reason why he bought a hearing aid. Because he was in such denial that he was losing his hearing. And I would see him, like, Saturday nights on this listening to, you know, all of these absurd... You know, and I never saw him do this, like, leaning into the TV, cupping his ear to hear this dialogue. I never saw him do that before. And I was going, you know, Grandpa, you need a hearing aid. And then that's, I think, all in the family might be the reason why he got a hearing aid. But, you know, so 
again, you're talking about a family that has been coming into your home every Saturday night for years and years and years. And then somebody does that to a member of your family. You would want to reach into the TV and slap the living, you know what, out of this, you know, so to see it, it was triumphant. And I'm also thinking around that same time was the vasectomy episode. And I remember that's the first time I had heard of this surgical procedure. And I watched it. My mom was away. But then we had a long conversation after the episode. And I I think this is a problem that we have today. When you talk about can we do it today? I, I know certain parents that would. Where did you learn that word? Still today, yeah, I'm surprised. Not, not in the seventies. I'm talking about today. Where did you learn that? Well, we're not watching that show again. Right. And, and our, now they're taking books, but that's another story. Yeah. Um, How old yeah, were you I, when you were watching on the family like that? Well, let's see. When the vasectomy episode came on, I had to be. I was probably a preteen. And your, your, par- your parents were there watching too? Uh, my parents were divorced, so my father was living in Puerto Rico. He discovered All in the Family and Maude later when it was on reruns on uh, TBS, WTBS, the Superstation, when they got cable. So they did not see All in the Family. They saw Archie Bunker's place first run in Puerto Rico, but they did not see All in the Family. So they would see it whatever time it would be on, like at, you know, evenings at 5.30, you know, Monday through Friday on TBS. And then I had I had to explain to my dad, you know, Maude is Edith's cousin. And it's like, oh, because he had never seen, which is one of my favorite episodes where Maude is taking care of the bunkers and the civics because all four of them got sick. Cream of wheat with and cheese. Oh, yeah. Which I think is not only a wonderful introduction to Maude, but it gave you so much of Archie's backstory. Yeah about uh, his politics and uh, and uh, his hatred of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. and It was nice to see a woman stand up to Archie. Yes, that was so brilliant. The Arthur really burst through the scene. The next day, CBS called Norman and said, "There's a, you got a, a spinoff here. There's a show there. Yeah. I don't think Norman realized they just saw it as an episode, like you're talking, you know, Cousin Marty comes in. And, uh, so, you know, history. It's funny. I have a, a friend now who's about 19 years younger than I am, and she loves Maude. And she had no idea that Maude was a spinoff of All in the Family. She was not familiar at all with All in the Family. So I was able to send her a YouTube video of the one where Maude visits to see this is how you know America was introduced to Maude. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she had never heard of All in the Family. She thought it was hysterical. But the whole exchange between Maude and Archie, I think is some of the most brilliant... <laughs> Well, I think you're right, and I think what Donna said about the fact that a woman is seeing, you know, Edith kind of, just kind of, of that generation is more or less submissive, although she takes shots at Archie at the right time. But but Maude just is like in his face, you know, the same way he's in everybody else's face. And uh, that's what people like to see. We all, <laughs> male and female, like to see a woman just standing up to him and telling him, telling him like it is. They do a funny episode, you know, where... She was so liberal, uh, she would make remarks about John Wayne, who was, who was known as the big conservative, you know, right-wing guy at the time. And there's an episode where she meets John Wayne in person. And when she meets John Wayne, suddenly she's, she turns all her feminist stuff into all of them. You know, she just, she's just overwhelmed by, by John Wayne, which you didn't expect. You know, you're waiting for her to start telling him off. And the, and the show ends with them dancing with each other. 
No, it was a, it was a, it was a wonderful moment when Maud had her breaking point. Just it was something about yeah, a woman has uh, equal rights as long as my dinner's on the table when I come home from work, and oh. Maud is in the kitchen, and all you hear is her shouting that line: "The woman's you know take." And she comes out, and she does John Wayne's walk, and she has her guns. And it, yeah, it was so perfectly done. They did, uh, they did heavy stuff on that show, too. You know, the episode where Walter slaps Maude. I don't know if you remember that. He's been drinking, and he, gets, he slaps her. And stuff. And that was like, set the audience back. And, uh, you know, uh, Bill Mason, the character, they, they dealt with... Uh, with alcoholism and he had a, you know, mm-hmm. but they were about, I mean, Norman was, you know, I refer to that in my book as an example of a moment. Norman would often say, you look at a script and say, you know, we, we could use a, we could have a moment here. You find places where in the script you could, where he where you could dig deeper. You could have, you could, you could actually cause somebody to cry or somebody to laugh or, 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 you know, it could be a physical thing. Could be a line of dialogue, or it could be a slap, or it could be a kiss, like when uh, when Sammy Davis kisses Archie. Mm-hmm. You know, but he try to build to a moment where you're going to get the audience somehow. Certainly, the moment you talked about is when when Edith throws the hot thing in the guy's face. You know, in the rapist's face. That that of course is a definite, and you need something like that. You need somehow. You can't just yeah. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, Norman looked, he'd look for, see, I mean, the average people, you, you wouldn't say, hey, let's have an episode of Maud where Walter slaps her. <laughs> but uh, that just, uh, it's could that not, be done? Could that be done today? Not Gene and, uh, what are their names, Cleaver, uh, you know, Ward and June Cleaver. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Ozzie and Harriet, it's not, uh, it's more like a regular home, you know, that we don't want to see. But uh, that, that's what Norman should get away with. He, well, on a, it, on a comedy, on a comedy that lasts. Yeah, once the show took off, he became number one, and then Norman kind of got caught. You know, we're not doing country shows anymore like Green Acres. Everybody's looking for Norman Lear to, you know, as long as they keep getting high ratings, the network was happy. Yeah, but I, I think to answer Donna's question, or to touch on Donna's question, I think an All in the Family, or an, I think an episode of Maud that you just described, I think that could be done today, probably on a digital platform. Yes. Uh, a, because that way, it will with digital and with cable, if you make 13, you make 10, they will air, so they will give be given a chance to find their audience. And B... As Norman Lear proved with the reimagining of One Day at a Time a few years ago that he did for Netflix, the premise is close to that of the original, but it went in a more contemporary direction while still touching on the core things that make a Norman Lear show work, which is uproarious laughter one moment, sober, serious the next on a dime. Honky in the House, writing and producing The Jeffersons by Jay Moriarty, available Amazon.com, wherever books are sold. Online, Jay Moriarty's latest book, Dead Eye, is a novel that pays homage to Roy Rogers, The Lone Ranger, Hopalong Cassidy, The Cisco Kid, Annie Oakley, and other legendary cowboy heroes from movies and television. Dead Eye, also available online through Amazon.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. 
One more item I want to tell you about Manscaped. Manscaped, the best there is when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and includes their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which not only features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology, but is waterproof which means, guys, that you can now say goodbye to that mess on the bathroom floor. Go to manscaped.com, enter promo code CONFIDENTIAL, and you'll receive a 20% discount off your order, plus free shipping worldwide. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, which is also waterproof, their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free bonus gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. More than 4 million men worldwide have put their trust in Manscaped. And if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Go to manscaped.com, manscaped.com, enter promo code CONFIDENTIAL for a 20% discount plus free shipping. Manscaped.com. We'll continue our conversation with Jay Moriarty, Tony Figueroa, and Donna Allen about All in the Family, the Jeffersons, and the legacy of Norman Lear in two weeks on TV Confidential. That program will air the weekend of July 22nd. We hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, a reminder that Reginald Rose and the Journey of 12 Angry Men is available wherever books are sold through Fordham University Press as well as Amazon.com. Also a reminder that all four seasons of Stranger Things available now for streaming on demand on Netflix to keep up with Christian Guineer. Go to ChristianGuineer.com. Ed Robertson, Baffin, Tony Figueroa, Dana Allenfield, Grice, and Greg Airbar. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.